Group bow in prayer for a minute, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here today in this time of worship. Presence God offered in so many ways in the music and a child being baptized. The love you have for all of us and our chance, God, to turn our hearts and minds toward you, which we do and have done. You know the needs that bring us here, God? There are many needs we have in life. Save us. Heal us. Give us grace. Give us direction in life. Answer our prayers we have. We have so many, God, in our life for others and for ourselves and our families. Unique to us and yet not unique to us. Hear our prayers. Bless us. So bless you for being our God in this worship time. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Looking at a, a series today called Campfire, uh, we began last week talking about the fact that it's not good for us to be isolated. Uh, that isolated, isolation is destructive, not the way we're called to live. We need to risk ourselves enough to gather in community around the campfire and the warmth and life that exists there. And That's a symbol for you and me to kind of look at. The, the video hopefully gave you a good sense of what that's about. And today we're talking about a different picture, though, about this campfire idea, that, that are, are you a safe person in the context of your community, your family, uh, your relationships in your workplace, church, wherever you happen to be. And the real question is, are you a safe person or are you a dangerous person? That's the idea. Uh, and that's, makes, that's a lot to think about, I think, for us. And, and I also want to look at it this way. I'm not looking for people to say, I know somebody who's not a safe person. This is simply about you and God, me and God. Keep it exactly that. Uh, don't point fingers. Don't say they're not safe or they're dangerous or they do this or they do that. No, no. think about yourself, you and God, me and God, and what God might be saying to you today in the context of the message today, which is simply the word safe. And I'm going to read some of Galatians here in a second. Uh, when our kids were small, uh, we decided that we were going to go on a camping trip, and we weren't very good at that, still aren't good at that, but we were going to give it a shot. Didn't have much money, and so we bought a tent. And you always, already know what's ahead. I uh, went to a place called Navarro Mills Lake, for those who knows where that might be, and went camping out there. Uh, several things happened. Uh, one of the things that happened was we built a campfire. You know, we wanted to have that, you know, the s'mores and the, you know, the marshmallows and the hot dogs, all that stuff. And for some reason, our little boy, who's not little anymore, but our son, decided to play a trick on our oldest daughter. And he's throwing rocks, and he says, hey, why don't you throw that rock? She reaches down and grabs a red-hot coal instead of and burns all her fingers. Later on in throwing the rocks, he decides to really throw it as hard as he can into the water, and it flies out of his fingers, goes straight up in the air, and lands smack in the top of that same daughter's head. So, so far, not going well. Not a very safe place at all. Uh, certainly what our expectation was was not being realized. And the last straw was that night. And I remember looking back at this and finding probably the only rain in Texas right on top of us, a thunderstorm right over three inches of rain. Not exaggerating. Uh, and it washed through the tent. The next morning, our three kids all wake up. Where's mom and dad? Well, we're sleeping in the car. We leave them in the tent to get wet. There wasn't room for all five of us, and that's our story of that particular event. wasn't safe at all, and so there's the question. It's about being a safe person, not your neighbor, not somebody you work with, just you or me and our connection with God. Now, I'm going to read several parts of Galatians chapter 5. Now, these are words that Paul writes to the church, 
talking about how we should live and be in the Spirit of God, the grace of God, the life of Christ. I'm going to begin with the part you're probably going to like. And that's verse 20 through verse 26, parts of that, talking about the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits we bring in safety into the campfire. Our friendships, family, relationships, you, you get that. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So far, so good. You like those things? We want to bring that into our life, don't we? We want to experience it. We want to share it. We want to kind of grow, gather up to the warmth that it brings to us. We want all those things. Then he goes on to say, verse 25 and 26, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. In the previous part of this same chapter, it talks about the fruits of the flesh, the bad stuff. I just read some of the good stuff. Some of the things here go like this, that uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Walk in the Spirit, do not walk in the flesh. Then it lists some of those things that are the fruits of the flesh, the bad stuff. Uh, immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, drunkenness, and carousing. That's the list there. So we got two lists here, right? You're with me on those two things. The campfire idea of being safe and how we come together and decide about my own life, how I interact with the world that I live in, and am I a safe person or a dangerous person? Around those terminologies. Now, I want to kind of bring it into some more more modern terms for you and me so we can actually begin answering questions about ourselves. And we all struggle with this. We all are are dealing with life in a way we want security. Sometimes we think security can be found in other people. We look for it there, so we find ourselves acting the way we shouldn't. Security is only found in Christ. But here are the the things. Some people are controlling people. It means they can't be happy unless those around them do what they want. They need that. They need others to do what they want, whether it's sensible or not. If they don't have that happening, they really can't be happy and content. There's some danger in that way of living. Some have critical spirits. They can always see what's wrong, have great difficulty seeing what's right. They just spend a life around noticing and criticizing about the world around them, the people around them. Again, danger, safe, you decide that. Some have a complaining presence. Uh, the world's always falling apart because they're not God. They can't control the world they live in. They complain about it all the time. The world's not following my rules, not living my way, so I'm going to complain about it. Not realizing it's about doing what God tells us to do and living by God's rules. It's a different way of looking at life. There are those who are dangerous because they have a gossiping voice. They know what hurts and they've got to say it. They know what hurts others, and for some reason they've got to communicate that. Gives them a sense of power to be able to share. Let me tell you what I know. There are those who simply have a self-centered presence. That means if it doesn't benefit me, then I don't care about it. If they don't benefit me, then I don't care about them. There's jealousy and envy. Those are directly in this text that I read. That means I'm always evaluating myself by comparing myself to others. And so in that kind of life, nobody's happy. They're not. I'm not. There's those who deal with narcissism. That means I can only see something from my point of view. I cannot see life from anybody else's point. It's always my focus. 
my thoughts, how I see, and everything else is kind of invisible. It doesn't really exist for me because I've reached that point of narcissism. Then we could add ambition in the sense that I've got to advance myself. And to advance myself automatically includes or connects with, you know, uh, bringing somebody else down. You know, and those are simply danger points that I think are simply ways to connect with these Galatians text that I read that very clearly defines fruits of the flesh, fruits of the spirit, those who follow Christ and those who don't. And all of us who are probably somewhere in the middle of this. None of us have achieved this level of love, joy, and peace is my way all the time. We all have struggles with either criticism or or envy or some of these in this list. It's really where are we? What are we going to do? Answer the questions, am I a safe person? Now, I want to quickly go through five points. I don't have much time today, so I'm not going to talk about them very much. But they're important for you to, to see. They connect the message and also for me, they're memory kind of things that I can remember, take with me into my life Instead of hearing a sermon that may have touched my heart or, or may, have, may, have, may have spoken to me, I've got to remember what, what it's, how, to, how do I apply that. So here's the first thought. Uh, part is from 1 John 4, 8 is where some of this comes from. We don't draw people to Christ, which is what we want to do, right? We don't do it by judging them or living like them. I've got to have some kind of security in my own heart. Security that I experienced myself, that it's okay with me because I'm okay with God and God loves me. And if I have that, I don't feel the need to judge other people's flaws or even sins if I want to use that term. But I also don't have to live like them to be accepted by them either. I don't have to do either one of those things or even, well, I'm going to love everybody into the kingdom of God. No, no. I must live like Christ. That means I love people. But again, it's living the way Christ teaches me to live is where my focus has to be. And that's where we begin discovering safety in our own soul and life, bring that to the life of others, and it's a critical way to understand faith. It's not about even loving. It's about living like Christ, which includes loving others. And that's what Galatians is telling us and 1 John 4, 8, which is uh, the key word I got in the, in, in, from this, the, the, this particular quote that, These are my quotes. Well, secondly, safe people build safe relationships. If I have a bunch of unhealthy relationships, it's not anybody's fault but mine. It's not their fault. It's not everybody I work with's fault. It's not everybody in my family's fault. It's not everybody in the church or my neighborhood or my city that's fault. It's not everybody in the government's fault. You know, it's mine if I don't build safe relationships. So it's up to me. And I have the ability to do that if I pay attention to what God teaches me. So I'll say again, safe people build safe relationships. Dangerous people just don't. They may think they have them, but they don't. Well, number three, we find security and wholeness only in Christ, which is the key part of the message today. But I, we, we want security. We'll do anything to get it. We'll hurt others. We'll damage others. We'll become who we shouldn't be to somehow gain security in however we think security is or whatever we think it means for us, whether it's peace or acceptance or having stuff, whatever it might be, we often live like that. But we can only find that in Christ. It can't be found anywhere else. So the reality is Jesus, his love for me, his cross and resurrection that God offers me, which we call salvation, gives me security. It's the only place I can have it. And I want to bring that security into my relationships. 
That means I'm okay. I don't have anything to be envious of. I have no reason to gossip. I have nothing to complain about. Why should I be critical? These things become less and less important to me because I have security in Christ, and so I'm okay. And so we bring that into a place. You know what that feels like? Because you feel like it in church sometimes. You're in church and you're worshiping our song. You get a glimpse. That's what that's like. Just me and Lord singing. And I feel his presence. Things are okay for a while. Then we get it back out there. And uh-oh. Then we go downhill, downhill sometime again. Okay, number four with this one. When we bring into a relationship, we typically get out of it. We can't escape ourselves. You know, I, I see this a lot. People think that, well, if I found someone else, I'd be happier. If I went to this community, I'd, I'd have more of this. If I changed this, I, I'd be this. And every, the whole world would change if I could make all this happen the way that I want it to. They don't realize wherever they go, they're still there. I mean, if I'm living in Mansfield and I have a job and a family, you know, I'm, I'm part of that. If I move to Alaska to be on a crab boat, I'm still there. I'm going with me wherever I go. My issues go with me. My insecurity, if I'm living that way, goes with me. If I had a tendency to be a critical, complaining, gossiping, self-centered, jealous, envious, narcissistic person, nobody could do all those things, but I'm using that as an illustration, that's going with me. I'm not going to leave it wherever I was. So please hear hear that. You know that. We can't escape ourselves. And and the fifth one with this, this series We learn to change from if then to grace because, and I've got to explain that I know because you're thinking, what, what, what? Uh, That we often have if relationships. That means if they do or if they don't, then I will be, I will connect with them. And that they have to, they, in other words, they control our relationship by what they do and don't do instead of me really controlling it. Uh, by the sense of having a loving, caring, graceful, because it's grace because God gives me grace, God loves me, God's merciful to me. Therefore, because of that, love, joy, and peace becomes my way. Gentleness becomes my way. Self-control becomes my way uh, because I'm living this new way for me. So I think you understand that. And the last part of this, this series here before I get into the conclusion today. The myth is that if we found the right person, get the word myth in that. A myth means something is not true. We think it's true, but it's not. The myth is that if we found the right person, the right church, the right spouse, the right home, the right community, we would be happy. This way of living is unfair to those around us and the people that we love because that's a myth. We find security, happiness, strength of soul in our relationship with Jesus Christ. In the constant love that God has for us, in the ownership God has of our soul through faith in Christ, and we bring that into all those things I just mentioned. And that's the truth, and that's not a myth. So we connect together with these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're all talking about a life lived from a secure place in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm gonna, I want to go on and share a couple things from two parts of the Bible. Again, Galatians, things I haven't read, and also Philippians. It says here that those who belong to Christ have given their heart to Jesus Christ who loves us, died on the cross for us. Those who, have, who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Now, you're thinking, what does that mean, maybe? Well, what it means is this. We have no need to elevate ourselves because I've crucified the flesh in Christ. 
I have security. I don't need to elevate myself anymore because I'm okay. Things are fine. I don't need that. Insecure people, which most people are, have a constant urge to elevate themselves one way or the other. They find themselves processing into those lists that I gave early on about complaining and narcissism and these kind of terms that you are probably familiar with. They, they have no need to fight for a place around the campfire. They have their place. I belong to Christ. I belong to God. I am loved by God. And I give that to you and the world around me. They have no need to gain security from those around them. They already have it. And the one that says to you and me, no one can pluck you from my hands. No one can take you from me because God has given you to me. And Jesus said that. We find that assurance and we have that security. We don't need to elevate ourselves or fight for a place. We already have the place that matters the most in our walk with God. And we bring that to others around that campfire place. And what a great way to live. Now, it's not easy. I'm not telling you it's easy. I struggle with it all the time. I'm hacking at some of these, trying to get better at it myself. It's where I I have my own battles, and I bring that to you when I preach a message, as I am today. Now, Philippians 2 says the same thing with different terminology, which I really like. It says it this way. It says, do nothing from selfishness or from empty conceits, which means this for me anyway. It's someone who sees the high value of everyone around them. You see, people in our world are valued. We're able to recognize because we uh, find ourselves not, not selfish, not dealing with empty conceit, which means that everybody around the campfire is value too. And I recognize that about them. I'm not the only one with value in the world I live in. They have value too. We all have value to God. For God, so loved the world, he gave his, for God so loved the world, he gave his son to us. And that leads to the second word in that Philippians text, which talks about humility. That we, we see that the interests of others are equal to ours, maybe even higher than ours, which again is words that are used in that Philippians text. So again, humility, seeing the high value of those around me, seeing that their interests are equal and maybe even higher than mine. And I'm okay with that because I'm secure. And I'm secure because I belong to Jesus Christ. And it's okay. And that leads to love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, temperance, and self-control. And moves me away from those other list of things that you remember probably that weren't so good. But envy and jealousy and anger and these kind of things. And then it encapsulates it around this amazing statement, I think, that's in Philippians in the Bible. Have this same attitude in you that was in Jesus Christ, who though he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be grabbed hold of. Instead, he took the form of a bondservant. That means that he had the right to grasp equality with God and judge all those around him and condemn them all. He chose not to. We don't have that right, and yet we often do the exact thing that we're told not to do. And so we're talking about becoming safe people. So the question again is, are you a dangerous person? Are you a safe person? We all struggle between those two because we're human. But in this word of grace God gives us, we're about to receive the amazing sacrament we call communion. 
In this place, God simply gives us grace, simply accepts us, gives us a place, saves us, and makes us his. It's the most secure place you can ever experience, coming to the altar to receive God's gift to you, the broken body and shed blood of his only begotten son. In that place, experience security. From that place, leave in a while as a safe person in your family, your neighborhood, your workplace, and your world.